What's something you'll get a lot of hate for if you say it out loud? Oh man, the poor and financially illiterate are gonna come out and get me for saying this. Oh, what are you gonna say? 401ks were not designed to be retirement plans. Oh, this is gonna be a good one. Oh man. All right. Welcome to the Financial Purpose Podcast. All opinions expressed by me or guests of the podcast are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment or financial decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. All right, folks, well, welcome back. Uh, to the Financial Purpose Podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about uh, financial decisions and how everything is completely connected. Uh, the reason why I think this is important is when it comes to financial decisions, the big ones and even the ones that seem kind of small and insignificant, they all can have a long tail effect uh, that gets wider with time. And what I mean by that is one decision over a long period of time kind of plays out and compounds and flows into other things in your financial life, which is why we do financial planning and not just investment planning or not just taxes or not just insurance or not just any other thing. It, it all gets connected together. It's much like the, uh, the human body. There's really nothing in the human body that can function purely on its own organically. Now, yes, you can take an organ out of a out of a body and you can put it on a machine and, and the heart will continue to pump or something like that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Organically, all of the functions of your human body depend on each other to be working and functioning. Otherwise, the body gets sick, the body develops illnesses, the body dies. It's all connected. Same is true with your finances. Um, any of these decisions, they have an effect that for uh, for kind of a good analogy and a good mental thing, if you think of the kid's book, um, I call it the if you give a mouse a cookie effect. And if you remember the book, you know it starts with if you give a mouse a cookie, it's probably going to ask for a glass of milk. And once it's had a glass of milk, it's going to want a mirror to make sure it doesn't have a milk mustache. And once it's seen itself in the mirror, then it's going to ask for a towel and then or a napkin. And then when you give it a napkin, and on and on and on. It's a great if this then that uh, type book and that's the way finances work um, so there's the long tail effect all the advice that you receive on financial decisions they can either improve your long-term outcomes or they can be a detriment to your long-term outcomes or they can completely silo your financial life and, and the reason why this has become really important is I've seen over the past couple of months a significant increase, especially on social media, of financial advice being given in a solo. And actually all of it is um, geared towards selling life insurance in particular. And these people are being trained to sell life insurance against retirement accounts. And I cannot think as a educated and experienced financial advisor, I can't think of a more apples to orange comparison um, because those two vehicles are designed to do completely different things. They're actually designed to work together in your financial life and they're being sold as either or and one is good and one is totally bad for you. So what I want to do is 
give a couple of examples of how dangerous this game is that some of these people are playing. Now, I want you to consider that these are people who are highly compensated on a commission basis when they sell an insurance product. They do not have the same licensing requirements that I do as a CFP. They are not regulated anywhere near the amount that I am as a CFP. Um, it's important to note that, uh, and not a lot of people know this, but the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act of 2010, which came after, uh, or came in the wake, I should say, of the Great Financial Crisis, or what I call the GFC, um, it exempts certain insurance products, particularly in, in sorry, indexed universal life policies from federal regulation. They're not regulated by the SEC. They're not regulated by FINRA, which is the financial um, industry regulatory authority, which is the self-governing body that oversees a lot of us in the financial industry and financial services industry. Um, the agents who are selling these things do not have to be trained or licensed in derivative products, which is really a sham because most of the insurance products that they're selling, index universals, universals, variable universals, um, and most of them are only selling index universals, but those all have underlying investments, which is a derivative by definition, but they're not required to take any of the training. They're not required to do the ongoing things. All they have to get is an incredibly easy to qualify for and exam for state insurance license. Um, they can advertise this stuff freely. There's no compliance requirements because they're not regulated. There's no repercussions if the advice they give uh, blows up for the client, which a lot of times it does. Um, a lot of financial advisors, even CFPs, are, uh, are at risk of giving financial advice on insurance products that blow up later for clients because they're not properly managed and they're not properly disclosed and they're not properly implemented into a broader financial plan. So anyway, why this is important is because, as I said, your financial life is not a bunch of silos that are in the same farm. Your financial plan is a complete, long, connected organism that must be built to work together. So here's an example. I started the podcast episode with it. Um, so this guy says 401ks are not designed to be retirement plans. Here's the rest of this video. I'm going to interject in between and um, give some of the truth in place of where the truth is not uh, given in, in this video. So here's example or exhibit A. Do you really think the rich and the wealthy invest their money there and potentially lose everything due to a market crash? So there's never been a market crash where everybody has lost everything. And in a 401k in particular, because of how regulated they are by ERISA, uh, it's not likely that your 401k investment is going to go to zero. But I digress. Let's hear more. Hell nah. Hell nah. Your money in. Wait for it. <laughs> Cash value life insurance policies. Gosh, another life insurance sales guy. Yes, another one. And maybe you should start asking yourself and your limited knowledge, why are there so many people standing behind this concept and you still think it's a scam? That sounds like a you problem. Okay, so first of all, I'm trying to attract people to listen to me and I'm going to insult them before I give them the sales pitch. That seems like a really, really good strategy. But granted, there's a lot of poorly trained and licensed professionals in this industry. Just because you have a driver's license doesn't make you a good driver. There's insult Imagine number two. Imagine in times like now, your financial advisor says, 
Shoot, your account is actually down 40%, but don't... I don't have a single account that's down 40% as a financial advisor. Um, and a 401k down 40% is highly unlikely because of the way that the funds are structured in those accounts. But anyway, I'll let him go on with his example. Don't worry, it's going to bounce back up. Oh, and by the way, I'm still going to charge you the 2% fee. This okay, I don't know an advisor that charges a 2% fee uh, that has any kind of long-term clients, uh, especially for investments, but okay. This is why you follow me, Michael, your retirement planner. Oh, he's a retirement planner. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's example number one. Um, the same guy, Michael, the retirement planner, who just insulted us twice in his video, um, this is another great gem that he's offering as well. I have another financial conspiracy theory for you. Oh, geez. Okay, what is it? Well, you know how we already established that the IRS puts a restriction on the Roth IRA to about $6,000 maximum contribution? And that's not just on the Roth IRA. That's on any traditional or Roth IRA uh, per taxpayer combined. So you can have a traditional IRA. You can have a Roth IRA. But between those two, if you're contributing to those, if you meet the requirements, if you're under the income cutoffs for the Roth IRA or... Uh, for the traditional IRA, if you're making a deductible, a partially deductible, or a non-deductible IRA contribution, right? And those, there, there's a lot of ways that uh, those work. There's income requirements. There's um, certain requirements where if you're covered by an employer-sponsored plan, whether or not that IRA contribution is deductible. But anyway, at a base level, between IRAs per taxpayer, $6,000 per year, it's indexed for inflation, so in 2023, it's going up to 6500 Or if you're above 50, you can put an additional $1,000 in per year. Um, so just to clarify on the rules. But let's listen to Michael, the retirement planner, tell us more. And the 401k to about $20,000 max contribution. Right. Because you get tax-free treatment on a Roth IRA, and the IRS doesn't want you to have unlimited ability in a tax-free account. Right, and the 401k is tax deferred, so they let you put more money into this account. And there's actually other tax deferred accounts that you can put unlimited amount of contributions towards. There aren't. Um, but the thing with the 401k um, and what he's going to get to here, what people forget about the 401k is that, yes, you are taxed on the money that you withdraw in retirement later in life. But you're getting a tax benefit in the year that you're making the contribution. So a lot of times whenever I'm seeing these pitches from these uh, life insurance agents, they're only talking about the taxes in retirement. They're not considering that there is an important tax benefit to the person making the contribution in the current year. And that is all a part of efficient tax and financial and retirement and estate planning. That's all done within the context of everything working together. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead, Michael. Okay, so get to your point about your conspiracy. There's actually another tax-free advantage account that you could put unlimited amount of contributions towards. Oh, really? Yeah, it's life insurance retirement plans. I heard about it, but don't financial advisors who are fiduciaries say that's a bad account to open up? Okay, now hear me out. Financial advisors are regulated by the government. Okay, so first of all, a retirement plan is not an account. No more than a mutual fund is an account. Second of all, it's not unlimited when you put money into an insurance contract because there's what's called a modified endowment or MEC limit. And so if you put that amount of money into that policy and every life insurance policy projection is going to show you what that limit is. If you put more than that amount in, that life insurance policy converts to an investment contract and becomes taxable. So you, it's not unlimited contributions into this thing. Um, and where he's going here is aren't financial advisors 
regulated by the government, and this is his big conspiracy. So here we go. Right, right, and well, if they're regulated by the government, who are the ones that put the regulations of only putting, let's say, six thousand dollars a year into a Roth IRA? Wouldn't fiduciaries be in the government's pocket? <laughs> fiduciaries in the government's pocket. Oh, that's a great conspiracy. That's crazy, right? I know, but you know, it's just a conspiracy theory. I have another financial. <laughs> Michael, the financial planner who's going to sell life insurance the wrong way and insult us in the process is going to say that me operating under the fiduciary standard is in the pocket of the governments and that's why my clients can't put more money into Roth IRAs. Um, life insurance is designed to be a way to um, cover living expenses in the events uh, generally that a spouse or a single parent would pass away. A lot of times life insurance can be used to cover things like uh, a guarantee on, on alimony payments. It can be used to help fund education in the event that a parent passes away. It can be used to uh, help the parent cover things like uh, if the child passes away, the parent would then be able to um, potentially have money to pay off a student loan that the parent held, like a parent plus loan or something like that. Um, but life insurance is used to replace income for one spouse. It's used to maintain a lifestyle in the absence of an income in the home. And it can be used to do other things like remove wealth from large estates and different things like that. So it has a defined purpose where the benefit usually revolves around the life of the person who's insured and the managing the impact of that person's loss in income over a lifetime, in lifestyle over a period of time, college, estate planning, that kind of thing. A retirement account is designed to save money for a long period of time which generally is going to happen in retirement. And a lot of that's because the ways that we used to um, fund retirement with things like pensions are few and far between. Um, but there's actually another one of our friends on social media uh, who is talking a little bit about that. So let's hear from this individual and see what he has to say, because he's going to talk about specifically retirement planning. So here we go. Lerp, 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 lerp. lerp. That's right, lerp. And it's not just a silly word. In fact, it's a very special acronym that could completely change the way you think about retirement and save you loads on taxes. Stick around and I'll tell you exactly how it works. Often, traditional retirement planners use IRAs and 401ks as the cornerstone of your retirement income. However, 401ks were supposed to be a supplement to your retirement alongside your pension and social security. But companies that even offer pensions are becoming increasingly That's rare. That's true. And if you take out more than $34,000 from your hard-earned 401k, up to 85% of your social security benefits may be taxable. So that only applies, okay, a couple things there. So first, that social security taxability only applies if you're already receiving the social security benefit, number one. And number two, it's 34,000 currently if you're a single filer, it's 44,000 currently is the, the max if you're a joint filer. And quite honestly, either 34000 or even $44,000 of income in retirement is not hard to do. 
and that's only if we're talking about taxable income. And so it's important to understand that these decisions, again, it's all a part of comprehensive financial planning, how you receive income in retirement does actually impact both Social Security uh, taxation and it can even impact the amount of your Medicare Part B premium. So these are all important decisions that need to be made. And again, it's not just an either or type situation, right? Um, but anyway, let's hear more. So now what? Incomes the LERP, LERP, which stands for Life Insurance Retirement Plan. And it uses the cash value of a permanent life insurance policy to grow your retirement income. Well, what makes it so special? The funds in your policy grow at an average rate of 7 to 9% annually. That's not true. Long term, if you open up an index universal life insurance policy, which is where this LERP is coming from, and you back out what the long term rates of return are, the average is about 6.4% and they're generally capped at 9%. So what that means is that an, uh, a universal life insurance policy or an index universal life insurance policy has an underlying investment component. Usually it's linked to a major index like the S&P 500 or maybe the Russell 2000 or something like that, or it's linked to uh, an international index or it's linked to something else like cash or maybe commodities or whatever. It depends on how the contract is written. So you get the performance link indirectly to that index, and that's how you get credited for the policy. And the reason why that happens is because the insurance company is making these investments, and then they're crediting the, the life insurance contract holders based on how their contracts are written. A lot of times this is done with options contracts, which means that the insurance companies are putting money at risk in effort to try to gain money, either with income uh, through uh, different strategies like maybe covered calls uh, or something like that. But sometimes they get them wrong because the contracts expire worthless and then the insurance company loses money. But what they do is your returns in the policy are capped at 9%. So if the stock market has a runaway year, which means that your uh, investments could earn more than 9%, you're capped. 9%, that's the most you can get. That's it. Um, so that's important to know. And it's not 7 to 9%. That's the long-term return expectations of the S&P 500. If you actually shrink that down to about the last 40 years, that expected return goes much higher. It's usually like around 11%, slightly higher depending on how you're indexing it. So anyway, let's just make sure if we're going to disclose rates of return that we disclose them properly and that we put... Uh, different types of disclosures on here, which don't exist because, again, these people are not regulated. So anyway, carry on. And is protected by a 0% floor if the market declines. Accessed tax-free anytime using the policy loan provision and do not affect your income tax bracket. But it does because it's a policy loan. So yes, you can take money out of that insurance policy at any time, and it's tax-free so much as you're withdrawing from the basis of your contributions or your premiums. If you start to dip into the earnings in the policy, you actually can pay taxes, especially if you don't repay the policy loan. So that can be taxable. It's very important that people get this. Um, it's not just money that you can put in and grow and then pull out without the taxes. That's not the way life works. It's just not that simple. There's no free lunch. Um, so it's not entirely tax-free always, and it's a loan. 
It doesn't have to be paid back, but it's still a loan. And so that means that if there's a loan outstanding and you pass away, your death benefit will be subtracted by the amount that you owe back to the insurance company. So you probably uh, have heard over the past that you can put money in these policies and basically you're, you are your own banker because you can borrow from yourself and repay yourself. That's not how these things work. There's actually an interest rate that's charged to these and the and there's there's money that accrues that gets paid back to the insurance company who then regulates how much money comes back to you and then how much money gets put back into uh, your policy in the form of a death benefit. So th there's a lot more than what's being told here. And when you pass on the remainder of your death benefit, the remainder, goes to your beneficiary, the remainder. you guessed it, also tax-free. And I haven't even gotten to the living benefits, which kick in if you are ever to become critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Unless you meet one of the multiple pages of exclusions uh, that would say that, that you wouldn't actually get that paid out. So again, it's not just, hey, if I get cancer, well, at least now I can access the living benefits. That's not always true. And in a lot of cases, the amount that you can take out if you don't get excluded is capped. And sometimes it's capped at 50% and sometimes it's capped at 60%. So it isn't, again, there's no free lunch. You can't just take out all the money for the life insurance policy, right? There are limits, there are exclusions and things like that. So anyway, uh, share the video with friends. Share this video with friends who need to know this need to know this information. Or save it for later so you don't share this it. podcast like with your friends who need to know this information. Um, because it's just it's just getting it, it's kind of crazy. Um, here's let me just really quickly let me look at uh, just one maybe two more examples because um, again it's so it's insane that we're able to have so many people who are selling these things as silos and not giving enough information. So here's a gem. Your 401k and IRA will not provide you with a stable retirement. Point blank. Why? So both those plans are tax deferred, which is terrifying for a few reasons. Tax deferred accounts are terrifying for a few reasons. What these people don't understand is that tax deferred accounts, we also work with taxable accounts. We also work with tax free accounts. There's a, a tax triangle that we use when a real financial advisor is looking at how a client's retirement and their investment profile is set up. Um, but anyway, since we're just talking about tax-deferred accounts and life insurance being compared, again, apples to oranges, but who am I? Just a guy who's regulated. Um, let's go on and hear this. Right now, taxes are low. Are you willing to bet they're going to be as low when you retire? Because I'm not. Also, do you plan to retire in a lower tax bracket than you're in right now? Because if you don't, if you progress throughout your life and are in a higher tax bracket, you'll pay higher taxes. Also, most people, when they retire, really have less deductions it. than they do when they're younger. Long story short, in an IRA and a 401k, you will get screwed on taxes <laughs> and not have enough to live on. Friends, don't worry. <laughs> okay, so... You can't just say that that account type means that you're going to get screwed on taxes and you're not going to have enough to live on. Because I'll tell you what, um, I have clients who have these accounts that are living just fine on the money that they work to save, the investments that we continue to manage, the earnings that it, they continue to make when the market is actually behaving. This year's been a tough year. The market hasn't behaved. But again, 
there's nothing that's isolated from that. Even if you're in one of these accounts and they talk about, oh, the market, you know, you would lose money. Well, you're not earning anything in that account either. Just saying for the year. So that's important to, to look at. But clients are living just fine on these accounts because of how they're invested. It isn't a matter of just because you have a 401k, you're going to be screwed. Um, all right. One more example. And this is like I saved the creme de la creme. The creme de la creme for this podcast because this individual is, I think, like the ringleader of everything that we're hearing here. And I would like to meet him, although I think he would really be annoying to talk to. But anyway, um, let's hear just one more. Curtis, Roth IRA versus MPI, go. Uh, let's do a side by side. So why does everyone like the Roth IRA? Let's look at the pros, tax for retirement income, growth potential in the stock market, and low fees, potentially, unless it's managed by a financial advisor. Now let's look at the cons. Access penalties, no early retirement potential, no life insurance risky, and this pathetic 4% rule, which tells you the... Okay, hang on. So um, you can't access, a Roth IRA in particular, you can't access your your principal uh, investment. Um, there is an early, ret- early retirement program that you can use. Um, it's a systematic withdrawal. Again, in the context of a comprehensive financial plan, where there's a strategy behind it, um, it's only risky based on the investment. So the Roth, in and, in and of itself, the account, in the account type, does not make it risky. It depends on how it's invested. So that's important to note. And then this this pathetic four percent rule that he's talking about. Uh, the four percent rule is a rule of thumb, and it says that if you take out retirement contributions of no more than 4% per year, then you should be able to make your retirement assets last over your lifetime. But it is just a rule of thumb. It's not a requirement of the account type, and it's not a limit that can be put in place. In fact, I have clients who violate the 4% rule on an annual basis, and there are some clients who, uh, from time to time, they need to take out more money in their IRA or from their 401k or from whatever we're managing because life happens. So that's the way that works. So anyway, not a requirement, but he's going to use it uh, to sell against it to position his uh, life insurance plan. So here we go. Let's hear more from my friend Curtis Ray. You only spend in retirement $40,000 a year. Now let's look at the Roth Destroyer, the MPI Destroyer. MPI pros also tax for retirement. I I felt like he should have said that with like a voice like the Roth destroyer. I'm going to come growth potential, the stock market, low fees, life insurance, no access penalties, early retirement potential, high contribution limits, security against. Okay. Uh, Tax free retirement. Maybe I just went through that. Um, Growth potential of the stock market. Again, it's capped um, and it's linked. So it's not directly to the stock market. Again, there's no free lunch. So you don't just get the, the freedom of the market. Um, low fees, not even close. So one of the biggest thing that eats life insurance premiums are number one fees and number two, the increase in cost of the insurance with your age as the insured. So the internal expenses of the policy are often much higher than those in a retirement account if your financial advisor is paying attention to internal expenses for things like mutual funds and ETFs and and things like that. Um, So early retirement options, I already talked about that. 
Um, high contribution limits, not necessarily. It depends on what your MEC limit is, and the MEC limit is largely driven by the size of the death benefit. But um, but uh, here we go. So he, he there's a little uh, note on the video that says that the results are based on a 6.2% growth rate. What did I say? 6.4 on average. So there we go. Plus the 4% participating loan feature for a preferred health rated male. Okay, perfect. Stock Moving market on. risk and up to 10% income potential. Absolutely destroying the Roth IRA with a projected $100,000 of tax-free income. If you'd like more information, send me a direct message. So again, it's not entirely tax-free. It depends on how that money is credited to the account. And also, if you continue to take this out, you don't get the death benefit. It reduces your living uh, your, your living benefits, etc. So look, here's the thing. I... I do not want this podcast, and this one's running a little bit longer than usual. The point of this podcast is not to tell you that these other products are bad or that you should only you know, look at these kinds of things. I'm not the type of advisor that puts people into a this or this silo or this silo um, because, again, I believe that a lot of these things can work well together if they're designed to work together. And a lot of the clients that I work with, especially on the front side, when we start working together initially, they have a lot of different things happening in their financial lives and none of them are connected. They're all doing different things. The strategies aren't tied together. Multiple investment accounts doing different things managed by different people who aren't even talking to each other. Financial advisors that don't talk to CPAs and CPAs that don't talk to financial advisors and life insurance contracts that get written without looking at the financial plan and insurance, uh, sorry, investments and real estate that get made without considering the broader cash flow. All of these things are disconnected. And when you take advice like this, which is really where I'm going here, you're getting solid advice on a very specific product where the only goal is to sell you something that they make money on. The goal is not to improve your financial life. The goal is to make you think that you're improving your retirement because of all these oohs and ahs and features and benefits, but none of it gets tied back to them actually caring about what's happening to you when you're filing Social Security. When do you make the Social Security election because it's irrevocable? When do you make your Medicare election and when do you have to make sure that those things are in place and can you defer that because you're covered by your spouse's policy and you continue to work they're not looking at that it doesn't make sense for you to defer your social security to the longest possible or to the full retirement age or till age 70. are they looking at when you're going to begin to take rmds and how that's going to impact it we don't know what the tax rates are going to be next week i i don't know what they're going to be i assume they're going to be what they are now but we don't know the tax laws can change i don't know what they're going to be when you're 65. Especially if 65 is 5 years, 10 years, 35 years away. I don't know what those tax rates are going to be. They also don't take into consideration what's your lifestyle, what's your employment, what's your current income. Do you need to self-insure part of it? Do you need to transfer the risk to an, an insurance company? Do you have the coverage in place for other parts? Does it make sense for you to buy instead of one of those higher costs? Because when you buy... A, a life insurance policy that builds cash value, your premiums are higher. Are you at a point in life where it makes sense to buy a term policy for a period of time, try to convert that over the next uh, couple of years that you're paying into the policy because you need to do other things with your cash flow? 
they're not accounting for that. They're basically saying, oh yeah, you earned this, you can certainly afford these premiums, or you know what, let's just reduce the death benefit uh, so that way you can put more money into the contract. Um, no, 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 we'll, we'll set this up where the death benefit continues to grow as the cash value does. Yeah, all of those things, but they come at a higher cost to you in the form of premiums, and they come at a higher cost to you in the form of internal expenses. And that's all that's being offered there. So you should... I should. I, I don't like to should on people, but if you're going to get financial advice, please, please seek the advice and the counsel of somebody who is, number one, qualified, and secondly, I highly recommend that you work with somebody who is credentialed and regulated, and that becomes important because only will a credentialed and regulated person be able to offer recourse or I'm sorry, let me say it this way. If you sue me for the advice that I give you because it's caused you financial harm, because I'm credentialed and especially because I'm a CFP, there are severe penalties to me, the advisor. So it is in my best interest to operate under the fiduciary standard, even though I'm apparently in the government's pocket, because under the fiduciary standard, I am required to help you make choices that are completely in your best interest. Not just suitable for you because you can afford them, but clearly in your best interest. And what that means is not, yeah, this looks good. Yeah, no, this is going to make retirement. But uh, nah, yeah, bleh. No, it's because we've looked at every part of your financial life. We've gone through all the elements that are important in your financial profile. And we understand the impact of the decision that we're trying to make both today and in a year from now and in five years from now and in 20 years from now from as much as we can potentially control. The longer that decision goes out, as I said at the very top of the podcast, it can have a long tail that gets wider with time. The longer that decision goes out, the reason the tail gets wider is because we have to account for more variables because we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tax rates are going to be. We don't know how much it's going to cost for you to have um, health insurance. We don't know how much it's going to cost for you to have health care. We don't know if you're going to live to age 70. We don't know if you're going to sell your house in five years and buy something bigger, or you're going to downsize, or you're going to have to move, or you're going to have to change jobs, or you're going to get married, or you're going to get divorced, or your kids are going to go to college, or you're going to have somebody who's going to develop a, a long-term uh, health illness that you're going to have to take care of. We don't know these things, so the tail gets longer, which is why we have to know if you're making these little decisions how they impact everything else. Again, if you give a mouse a cookie, what is it going to do to your financial life? If this, then that. If this, then that. If this, then that. If this, then that. So please, I'm begging you. Again, if you've heard anything in this podcast, um, you've heard me complain <laughs> about some of these people. But what I hope that you've heard is that there is no financial decision that you can make that is just isolated to that one decision. There's no silo. And please, 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 for the love of God, don't take financial advice from TikTok. Don't do it. Because the people who are able to make those videos, again, not regulated. There's nobody looking over what they're saying. And they don't have to tell you everything. All that their job is to, is to sell you. They're getting paid by the number of people they sit in front of. They're getting paid by the number of contracts they're written. Most of them won't be in the industry in the next five years. Most of them may not be in the industry next year. So it's important. Get your financial advice from somebody who is qualified 
and credentialed to give true financial advice. That's it. That's all. I'm begging you. And until next time, take care.